Welcome, everyone, to the Daily Kofefi on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad mamma Gemma, Carrie Smith. Uh, Carrie, hi. Hi. Good morning, Carter. I guess I should have said it's Tuesday, July 16th. Usually we give a date. It's but, you Tuesday, know. July 16th. Uh, oh, by the way, we had... So there's been a few people that have subscribed on Subscribestar, and one of the, one of the first things that happens when you subscribe is we send you a message and we say, what would you like your alias to be in the credits? And a few of you have just never responded to the message. And I felt bad because you're not in the credits, but I'm not going to put your name up in the credits if that's not what you want there. And yesterday someone responded and told us what she wanted as her name in the credits. And so it reminded me, if you don't listen to the show all the way through and watch the credits, you might not realize that your name's not there if you think it should be. So go check your messages on Subscribestar. There's at least one or two other people who have not given us an alias. So, Oh, and we had someone who wanted to just make like a one-time large donation uh, to go towards like productions and stuff. So we have, so there's some things that we want to produce that we have some ideas that we want to produce that are going to require a bit more of a budget than just Carter's sweat and tears <laughs> for, for the I podcast. <laughs> right. But so some of these things, whether like we want to do some undercover videos, we want to do, we have some comedy ideas, like sketch ideas. Um, and so anyway, uh, anybody wants to donate just like a lump sum, I guess we'll put it like in a bucket that goes towards a, pr- a production budget for some of these things. So, uh, Carter figured out there's a way on Subscribestar to do that now, isn't there? Yes. I figured it out by emailing Subscribestar and saying, what the hell, why is there no way to do this? And they said, oh, we'll just enable the tip button for you. Apparently you have to ask for it to be enabled. So now there's a tip button. It doesn't have to be a large donation. It can be small. Cause I know there's a couple yeah. of people who wanted to just give small amounts of money, but only do it once. Uh, which is fine. So that's there. So yeah, please head over to subscribe star. Also like and share our videos, subscribe on YouTube, help us, uh, help us get to the demonetized level. We're aiming for a thousand. We're at, I don't know, 840 something. And we'll have a demonetization party once we hit a thousand. So. Okay. Carrie, we know what we're talking about today. Yeah, I don't know how much there is to say about it, but we'll try. Oh, oh, I think there's things to say. <laughs> okay, because it seems pretty cut and dry to me, but let's go. Well, why don't you say what it seems to you? Maybe, uh, maybe you're right. Um, well, first of all, I didn't know there were things called Justice Democrats. When did that become a thing? Oh, uh, I can explain Justice Democrats. That's not, that became a thing. Justice Democrats are... That's the reason AOC is in office. So Sank Unger, the, um, the guy from uh, Young Turks, along with a few other people, including uh, Saikat Chakrabadi, who is AOC's, who's now AOC's um, chief of staff, they made a concerted effort. They formed an organization and made an effort to, to use social media and basically marketing techniques to get social justice warriors into office. They tried to do it to a number of offices. And I forget how many people, I think only like seven or something of their candidates won. 
and they had like 26 they were going for. I don't remember the exact numbers, so don't quote me on that. But that's the Justice Democrats. AOC is, is one of them. She was basically recruited to run for office uh, because she met some qualifications that they felt could propel her to fame with their backing and their expertise, which is why she sometimes says things that actually are, that demonstrate knowledge. I know this, people are going to hate me for saying this. She sometimes says things that demonstrate weird knowledge of things that you wouldn't expect her to have because most of the time she seems like she's not that plugged in, but that's because she has a team behind her who actually is very intelligent and knows exactly what they're doing. And so, um, that's the Justice Democrats. And then the squad of four is the four women, AOC, they're all Justice Democrats, uh, the squad of four, but it's AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley. And those were the four women that, they're the only four Democrats that voted against the border funding bill last month. And they're the ones that like Pelosi has kind of this tiff with. Okay, I get all that, and I get their SJWs. I guess I just don't understand when did this become a colloquialism that we use. It's recent, right? Like the Justice, Justice Democrats. Well, it's the name of an organization. That's my point. It's how the name of organization. It became a colloquialism when an organization named But how itself. old is the organization? They were formed to get these new congressmen in. It's recent. Right, so it's new. So anyway. Right. But well, I missed all of that. I mean, I know they're SJWs. I, I didn't realize they'd formed a, a league. Well, they formed a league to get to office. That's how, yes. they, how they're in office, is my Well, point. that's disturbing. It's not, it's not that they came into office and then said, hey, let's form a Justice League together. <laughs> right? This is, uh, in fact, if you look at the, um, if you look at the, uh, if you look at the, what's it called? Icon logo. Here's, here's the logo. You can see it on their Wikipedia page. It, it looks like it's kind of designed to be a superhero organization. It does. It looks like, uh, it looks uh, like, the super, uh, what's the, what was the thing that when we were kids, the justice, the uh, hall of justice, it yeah. looks like on a hall of justice uh, logo. Yeah. But that's the justice Democrats, Carrie. Well, so one of these justice Democrats, uh, Alana Presley, Ayanna Presley, this is what I was saying. I don't know how, how much we have to say about this because it seems pretty cut and dry to me, but um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. I'm assuming this has to do with the inviting we're talking about. Um, let's see, share. There we go. Can you see that? Yes. Okay. Representative Ayanna Presley, quote, we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need any black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Uh, this is so offensive, racist. I can't imagine. I can't, I just, I can't imagine looking at this. I mean, I guess I used to, I used to be in that world where this, I would have excuses for why this isn't racist, but this is so on its face racist. If you are brown, if you're black, you have one opinion, one voice. There's one, one black opinion. There's one brown voice. There's one Muslim voice. There's one Muslim opinion. There's one queer opinion. It is so condescending. It's so bigoted. And this is, this is the justice Democrats for you. 
So, I mean, I don't have much else to say about that other than that that's one of the most despicable things I've seen. We so. should we should watch her whole quote because she also mentioned something uh, that I think, well, maybe we don't have to watch the whole thing, but. Let's so do. She, okay. Uh, well, let's see if I can pull it up. So she was speaking at this Netroots Nation con- uh, conference, which is, it bills oh. itself as the largest progressive conference. In yeah. Conference. I, I mean, I'd never heard of it. They're huge. I used to um, represent some comedians who did, I think did some stuff with them and they, I think they grew out of Daily Co's maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know their background, but let's just listen. This is just a couple minute clip. Let's listen to what she says because she uses another phrase that I think is important to pay attention to. And just don't allow them to divide us because our destinies and our freedoms are tied. What I want to say, each what these women have done up here, yes, I do quote Shirley Chisholm a lot, who said, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring your own folding chair. But I've amended that because I don't want to bring a chair to an old table. This is the time to shake the table. This is the time to redefine that table. Because if you're going to come to this table, and for all of you that have aspirations of running for office, for whatever lived experience and identity that you represent, if you are not prepared to come to that table and to represent that voice, don't come. Because we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Come on, speak it. And if you're worried about being marginalized and stereotyped, please don't even show up. Because we need you to represent that voice. The midterm election of 2018, they spoke a lot about each of our magic. I would never give short shrift to any of our magic, but this is work. I think, I think that's enough, probably. Yeah, this is, this is so offensive. I l- listen to the way they're all applauding, and it doesn't surprise me. Netroots Nation is hugely SJW. But um, well, can you imagine somebody up there saying, we don't want a white person here unless they're going to speak for white people and a white voice? <laughs> what is a white voice? Yeah, the other thing that I noticed about her speech is that she she used this phrase lived experience and this is part of a they they want lived experience to be the standard because this allows bullying and shuts down discussion. Um rational discussion can't be the standard. So she wants people who are going to argue from the lived experience perspective because it's a bullying technique and I think that's one of the I don't want to use the phrase dog whistle, but that's one of the advertisements that she's making to people who want to run for office. Like, come if you believe in this lived experience crap. If that's going to be your perspective to talk about your lived experience, then then you're welcome. And your lived experience has to be the one acceptable SJW experience. We have one mind, one opinion. We are zombies. We are part of the the Borg, whatever. Like, we are just, oh. I don't know if you guys have watched, uh, this might be a spoiler for people who are into Stranger Things. So if you haven't watched all of Stranger Things, can I do a spoiler, spoiler alert? I, I've watched all of Stranger Things. It's one of the few shows that I enjoy because I'm okay. an person and a nerd all in one. So Yeah. Okay. So there, do you remember the, it's not even the final, it's, I don't know, it's somewhere in the middle, one of the episodes in the middle. 
uh, the one that's called, oh, E Pluribus Unum. And it's mm-hmm. where they're all, these are, now these are all possessed people. They're possessed by this supernatural evil creature. And they're basically just human like blood puppets for this evil. And there's one scene where they're all walking down into the garage and then they, they get like really bloody and gross and they just, they attach themselves to this growing blob of ooh, of goo, of blood. They just all kind of like, Ugh! as I was watching that, I was like, that's SJWs. <laughs> wow. That's a vivid analogy. I love it. <laughs> they're just like, there's one voice. Let's all come together. And then they just all. And the end goal of that voice is to kill all of humankind to take over the world. Actually, yes. In that same episode, he says that one of the uh, blood puppets, one of the uh, puppets says, um, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill your friends. And then I'm going to end everyone, end everything. I'm like, yes, nihilism. Yes. Not yes. SJWs. Got it. (laughs) I wonder if the writers know that this, uh, that they're doing this intentionally. Maybe, maybe not. They don't. They don't. I, I guarantee you, they don't. Just like they didn't get it on uh, Game of Thrones, they don't see. They don't. They don't have enough self awareness, SJWs, to understand that the very um, uh, evils that they are trying to talk about that they are often carrying out themselves because their ideology is based on good, right? Well. Carrie, I think it's actually, I know that we could characterize this as like, oh, here's some SGWs being ridiculous and they're fighting with Pelosi. And, and, and by the way, these comments from uh, Presley were taken as an attack on the Congressional Black Caucus. So a lot of traditional Congressional Black Caucus people got upset. And, and these Justice Democrats, actually, one of their strategies is to go after seats that are held by current Democrats and replace them with social justice Democrats. That's one of their strategies. And so they are going after at least one or two members of the Congressional Black Caucus who are coming up for re-election. So the CBC is mad that they're like, you know, what are you doing? But I think this is part of something, I think this is part of something bigger. If you've watched, there's an interesting thing happening. So are you are you aware of like, the, the some of the back and forth that's happened between like the old guard and these new people other than this yeah i i saw like the interview stuff where they're taking like swipes at each other and it just it all of it bores me completely i i i understand why it's necessary to talk about it sometimes it's just um it's that same idea that i have about look aoc is only a name she's only a danger because conservative news outlets won't stop talking about her. It's the same thing that, that, you know, with Trump, if they all quit talking about him, he wouldn't have as much influence. And so part of me is just like, oh, why is she in the news again? Why do we have to talk about this again? And stupid catfighting. And- it's not stupid catfighting. I think there's some, I think we're witnessing the beginning of something huge, you actually. Do. Yeah, which is why, I mean, I don't like talking about AOC generally. And actually, I don't think it's really about her. She's just the most vocal mouthpiece right now, uh, but she could go away and easily be replaced by someone else. Wait a minute, let me take a guess. Do you think this is about to be a schism in which the SJW Democrats get thrown out of the party and purged? No. Yeah, me either. Okay. No, the SJW Democrats are taking over the party, and this has been decades in the making. And I gosh, yes. gosh. So, okay. So here's let's let's just back up for a second. So. 
I, Chakrabadi is actually more interesting to talk about than AOC because Chakrabadi is one of the masterminds behind all this. And Pelosi is actually, Chakrabadi is the guy who's actually attacking a lot of these people on Twitter. Like he was tweeting during the, the Democrat debates saying things. Um, and he tweeted uh, against the, the mainstream Democrats when they all voted for this border security thing, except for the four, the squad. And so back in, so Pelosi recognizes what's going on. So back in, I think it was July 6th, in, in an interview with the New York Times, she shot back at Chakrabani and said, they have their public whatever in their Twitter world, but they didn't have any following. They've, they've four people and that's how many votes they've got, right? And this is kind of her saying, Washington is my town, sweetheart, go home. Like that's kind of her, that's the, the undertone you get with Pelosi. Um, but AOC wants to be viewed, these Justice Democrats, part of their strategy, they, I think they want to play victim and be viewed as an outsider. So AOC's whole response was all, I'm not going to read her whole response, but her response was basically, she's singling us out because we're women of color, blah, blah, blah. Like this is that she played that victim card, right? And then to me, something interesting happened because it, it signified the obliviousness of the established Democrats about what's going on. The House Democrats, it took the House Democrat Twitter account until July 12th to notice something that Chakrabadi said during the debates in June and comment on it. And he was comparing some of the Democrats to Southern Democrats from the 1940s, basically saying, you're not fighting racist, you're actually being racist, you're implementing racist policy. And actually, I can probably pull that up because it's semi, it's semi-relevant. So Chakrabadi writes, instead of fiscally conservative but socially liberal, let's call the New Democrats and the Blue Dog Caucus the New Southern Democrats. They certainly seem hell-bent to do to black and brown people today what the old Southern Democrats did in the 40s, right? So he says that. Then someone says, hey, would you say this to your colleague Sharice Davids? Now, he knows Sharice Davids. She's a member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And he says, I think the point still stands. I don't think people have to be personally racist to enable a racist system. And the same could even be said of Southern Democrats. I don't believe Sharice is a racist person, but her votes are showing her to enable a racist system. So this was back in, on June 27th. The House Democrats picked up on this just recently, the House Democrat Twitter account and said, who is this guy and why is he ex explicitly singling out a Native American woman of color? Her name is Congresswoman Davids, not Sharice. She is a phenomenal new member who flipped the red seat blue. Keep clap, her clap, name clap, out clap, of clap, your clap mouth. I hate when they do the clap. I hate when they do that. It's so childish. So, so the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is, first of all, the, the response is interesting. They, um, they don't know who this guy is, which is a weird, weird level of obliviousness from the House Democrats to not know who he is. Um, their tweet is obviously haughty. Uh, it plays the race card. It's elitist. It's like demanding, to, you know, you have to use our honorific title. It's, it's everything wrong with Washington. It's the old school Washington. It absolutely plays into the Justice Democrats' hands because they, they can say, like, look at these, you know, haughty elitist old school Democrats. And this keep your name out of her mouth, her name out of your mouth is just 
utterly pompous. So I think they have no idea what's going on. And I think what's going on is they're being infiltrated and, and destroyed. And the old Democrats, Carrie, they used sophistry to make their arguments primarily. Emotional arguments, they use like sophistry, stuff that sounded kind of plausible. The new ones don't. They just outright bully. That's what lived experience is. It's just screw you, end of debate, shut your mouth, don't say my name, don't say her name, shut up. Lived experience triumphs the end. That's the new method. And the House Democrat Twitter account kind of understood the method a little bit, but was totally clueless as to like who the general is in this war because they were speaking to a superior officer in the war or probably on the other side, but they don't realize it. Um, I think what we're seeing is a slow, mostly bloodless revolution that's for, not just the Democratic Party. This is a revolution. They're taking over the country. This is the strategy. This is they, a they are party. no, I agree. They are taking over the party, and this is why I um and I don't see it slowing anytime soon. So this is why I'm part of Walkaway. And I I mean, like I say a lot, I would love to vote for a Democrat again. I'm a lifelong Democratic voter up until this past year, the midterm elections. It's the first time I voted for a Republican. I would love to vote for a Democrat again if they would run a liberal. I don't see them running a liberal anytime soon um, because this is, it has infiltrated. It is the prevailing ideology, even though I still believe it's a minority of people, mostly online people who are, who subscribe to SJW ideology on the left, but it's getting bigger and the powerful ones preach it and all of the cultural institutions preach it. And it is a bloodless revolution. It, it also reminds me of something that people say like, uh, um, I mean, throughout history, you've seen, they come for you too, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> like, they come for you too. What's that phrase? Like, liberals get the bullet too, you know? Do you think you're going to be bedfellows with these people, the SJWs on the left, and then they're not going to take you out? If you say the right words often enough, they're not going to take you out. We saw during the debate, you and I, when we did that viewing party, um, the way that Kamala Harris came for Biden uh, on the basis of social justice and race and just a bunch of nonsense, but it was vicious. And it was like, you, I thought that was very symbolic of yes, what is happening in the party. Yeah. I think Pelosi and the, and the rest of the party Democrats don't realize that they've never been in charge actually. And they've outlived their usefulness to the intellectual Marxists, right? The intellectual Marxists, they needed to build the cathedral. They needed to get culture to the point where they could accept Marxism. They needed cover and protection for, to do that for decades. So one of the things they needed was they needed to come up with, uh, uh, they need to whitewash communist history, which the Democrats have let them do, right? They needed to kind of whitewash it so that the new generations wouldn't know communism equals killing 100 million people. They wouldn't know the horrors of communism. They don't teach it. So they needed to whitewash communism and they needed to rebrand it so that the other people could have, you know, the older people or people who knew it or at least knew something about it could kind of rationalize that, well, this isn't communism. This is something else. This is, uh, this is different. Also, I think they needed to come up with another name. And I think the Democrats were complicit in not naming collectivism ideologically 
because the Democrats, they've always been fundamentally oblivious to the danger philosophically of collectivism. The Democrats, I think, viscerally kind of know that if they attack collectivism as an ideology, it can be used against their policies. But, but they did function as great kind of ambassadors or ombudsmen for the Marxist intellectuals in society because the Democrats, even though they had collectivist ideology mixed with their ideology, they still, I think for the most part, cared about America. They could act like they cared about America because they actually did. Um, and they were trying to, you know, maybe unwittingly be, be the ambassadors for Marxism, but that's kind of how they behaved. And they, they were then used to, to dress up collectivist ideology in phrases and language that the American people would, would like freedom and opportunity and like concepts that had a lot of Americanism to them. And so that's what, that was the purpose of the older Democrats. And they, the, that one of the purposes, the other thing they had to do to get culture ready was open up immigration to mass amounts of populations likely to support Marxist ideology, which they've done and they have been doing for decades. And they needed to build a population that's dependent on the state. And we have a huge population that's dependent on the state. So those were the things they kind of needed Democrats to provide cover for, for decades. And the Democrats have done that. But they've really, they've like, they're at the end of their usefulness. Culture's there. The millennial, this is the rise of the millennials. AOC is the first of many, right? The culture, the, the social justice, Marxism in the name of social justice is here. The culture is ready for it. Um, the, demographics, the demographics are in their favor from an immigration perspective. We've got, what, 10 to 30 million illegal immigrants in the country, most of whom are totally happy pulling the donkey lever and, and voting for Marxism. So all they need to do is grant them amnesty and get them, and even if they don't, eventually this will happen. And we've got dependency on the state. Something, roughly half of the people in the, in the U.S. don't pay taxes. Half. 8% work for the government directly. That doesn't include contractors and other people. So we've got the dependency on the state. So I think they don't, what I think is happening, Carrie, is I don't think they need the traditional Democrats anymore. They're like, okay, great. We don't need to pretend. We don't need you to provide cover. We don't need your sophistry. We don't need you to convince people using American terminology. We are now taking over. Step aside. We're coming in. And we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to take over the Democratic Party. and then we're going to try and push for a one-party system in the U.S. by changing the Electoral College and granting amnesty and doing all of these things that we think will just basically make it a de facto all Democrats all the time. And I think they're very far along that road. Yeah, uh, I want to say if you don't think that they, that they want a one-party state, you're not paying attention to what they're saying now. They are telling you that you can only have one opinion as a black person, a Muslim person, a woman, a gay person. There's only one opinion you can have. Of course they want a one-party state. There's only one party, one opinion that you can have. That's what these people believe. Everyone else is a Nazi. Everyone else is a Nazi. And by the way, something you mentioned there about how uh, they, needed the, they needed the legacy Democrats. They needed them to... Um, kind of downplay communism and Marxism and keep that out of our history, uh, the stuff that kids learned about in history. I don't know if you saw this, but today I saw this tweet from, do you know who Brie, Brie Newsom is? I did see your tweet. I commented on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you did? Yeah. yeah. So this, this girl, she's, uh, I think she became 
popular. She was the one that climbed the the flagpole in front of the state, the South Carolina state house and took down the Confederate flag. Um, anyway, she says since at least the 1950s, communist has become a popular coded word for the N word. Let's be real. Uh, anybody black advocating equal rights is a communist read a no good N word who is a threat to the American way of life. Read white man's country. They called him okay. Communist when they weren't calling him Martin Luther Coon. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's the thing. This is about control. It's not just enough that they've, they've, they've made sure that in our history books, we haven't learned about this history the same way we have about the history of fascism. Now it's like, let me try and control you from even calling out what this belief system is or what it's related to um, by saying that that word is as bad as a word that is, is so uh, loaded and heavy that, that, most decent people, I mean, people don't use it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't say this word. Let me connect it to this really awful, awful word. Sorry. <laughs> like this is, it's very easy to see through, but apparently not if you're on, if, if you're in the world where you're swayed by high priestesses of the SJW ideology, like Brie Newsom, it's easy to go along with this, I guess, and be like, oh, I guess she's got a point. Her lived experience is such that she must know something about the word communist that I don't. And, you know, right. Right. I mean, this, this is, uh, it's, it's all part of something that's been in the works for a long time. Like you said, it's yeah. been in the works for a long time. And she couldn't get away with this if people knew what communist meant. You have to have a weak association with what the hell a communist is in order for this sleight of hand to work. Yeah, because they have no idea. Right. I mean, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I saw that tweet this morning that you, you retweeted or commented on or whatever. And... I, my literally, my thought was, I've ne I've literally never had a black person in my head as an image of a communist. Every time someone says communist, the only image I have is a white person from the Soviet Union. I've never thought of communism. Like, I don't know where that comes from. And the truth is, it doesn't come from anywhere. It just it's it's that communism is a word that accurately is describing their ideology. And they don't like it because it's still kind of a bad word, but it's a vague bad word because a lot of people don't know what it means. And so they just say, well, that's just a code word for another word that we know is actually bad and racist and horrible. And so. by the way, I would say Marxist because, or, you know, neo-Marxist, because that's, that's the ideology that's propelled communism. But, but they don't know what Marxism, I mean, they don't know what communism means, let alone what Marxism means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I said communist, I was being a little bit sloppy yeah. there, but. What I mean is, you know, communism is, uh, like you said, of the same, it's of the same roots as Marxism. It's just one yeah. instance of Marxism. And, and there's really not much of a functional difference between communism and what they're pushing. Right. So, but they don't know, they have little, very little understanding of it. They're going to start to do the same thing she's doing here with the word communist about Marxism. My prediction is that they will do that because there are people now who are, pushing back and who are saying, hey, no, well, like former SJWs who are saying, no, I know what this belief system is and it is a form of Marxism and here's what's evil about it. And they are going to start to try and make it so that you can't say the same way they've, they've tried to make it so that you can't use the term SJW because it's a pejorative and you right. can't use communist because it means the N word. And pretty soon they're going to have a reason why you can't use Marxist. They've already done that with uh, cultural Marxist, which was, they've, they've kind of, they put a little fence around that and said only alt-right people use that. And, and so, you know, oh, really? 
Oh yeah, they have. If you use cultural Marxists, they, they've already programmed all of their, their blood puppets. <laughs> they've already programmed all of their minions to be like racist, totally racist, say cultural Marxism. Like, I don't care what the word is. It, I, that's why I use neo-Marxist because it's more open and it's just a new form of Marxism, um, which is what this is. But you know, they're going to try and do the same thing to neo-Marxists eventually. Yeah. I mean, any word that's effective, they try and shut down. That's yeah. Right. But I think, you know, I, Carrie, I mean, I don't think it stops at taking over the Democratic Party. I think this has no. been in, said this is the goal. They take everything over and they've got to do it before one of two things happens. I think they got to do it before and they've got, I think they've got more than a decade. They've got to do it before Gen Z rises to power. So, because I don't think Gen Z is totally as bought in. No, and, they're not. And can I show you something about Gen Z? Well, go finish yeah. your point. Well, that's one thing. And they've got to do it before there's a massive economic event, like a big trigger event, like a collapse or something, because people are comfortable right now. And if they get uncomfortable and there's a big trigger event, then you will see, uh, I think you'll see more resistance to what they're doing, but people aren't paying attention because they're busy watching Netflix and, you know, Stranger Things. They're watching Stranger Things. They're watching a uh, foreshadowing of what's going to happen, an allegory. An allegory of their future. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, I just wanted to show you something. So uh, one of my fr new friends I made through through Walkaway, John, um, is a YouTuber. He sent he sent me this video. Now he's part of what I would call Gen Z. What is he? I think he's like twenty. That's Gen Z, right? Twenty, uh, twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's been doing these these short videos, uh, some of them at walk away or Trump rallies. And I just was watching this video he shot and I'm like, this is, this is exactly the antithesis of, uh, of, of what these justice Democrats are saying that there's only one black opinion or there's only one trans opinion or gay opinion or female opinion or whatever. And so I just wanted to show a little clip because I think this is to end on a in more of an inspiring note of like, maybe the kids are all right. Like, and maybe, maybe there's time. Um, could I could I show just a bit of this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden said that it's Trump's fault that nine transgender black females were killed in the first six months of 2019. Why? How far in identity politics can you go? What are you trying to do right now with this? I don't know. Trying to let the identity politics black hole. Like 2015, under President Obama, still within the first six months. 19 black transgender women were killed. 22 transgender women as a whole. If he wants to hold President Trump accountable for the nine, I want to hold President Obama accountable. The stereotype is trans people are probably not religious, but in no, reality- it is, No, it, it is, you can't be religious. You can't be. God so loved the world. It, that means everybody in the world. God is gonna have to forgive us. Uh, for wearing a, a white male president Trump, you know, his hat marketing uh, uh, while rocking it, Paul Driscoll Watson. You're, you're not a kingdom. Yeah, so all of us in the room together, having a couple drinks, having a good time. This is the real diversity, not just the one-minded, one brain, one set. This is alternative news. You're witnessing right history. Now. It's history right now you're witnessing, by the way. <laughs> it's the not the fake news. It's and an iPhone X. No. <laughs> <laughs> the well... Uh, I didn't see any Muslim women of color, so. <laughs> well, I, I just know. wanted to end with that because, um, and you guys can, we'll put a link to John's channel in the uh, description. But anyway, I, I, I've linked, look at these kids. They're, they're breaking stereotypes. 
they're directly challenging just by uh, not becoming part of the Borg. <laughs> they're directly challenging this idea that there's only one acceptable opinion to have if you're black or if you're gay or trans or woman. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty inspiring. So, and, and you don't have to be a Trump voter. I've, I didn't vote for Trump to look at this and respect those kids for expressing their opinion. And I'm sorry, I'm calling them kids because I feel old, not because I'm trying to disrespect them. They're adults, but <laughs> I feel old compared to them. But you can look at those people and say, well, well, yeah, they're Trump voters and I may not be, but how inspiring is that, that they are making up their own mind about stuff, whether I agree with them or not? Yeah. Well, I agree. I think they, you know, that's why, that's why the Justice Democrats need to complete the takeover prior to Gen Z rising. They are terrified because of Blexit, because of Walk Away, because of all these different uh, Lexit, um, you know, movements where the people that they have depended on controlling are saying, hey, uh, I think I'm going to choose to make up my own mind. And they are terrified of that. Right. So, well, uh, I think... I think that's enough for today. Carrie, anything else you want to add? No, have a happy Tuesday, guys. And uh, hit subscribe and like if you like or subscribe. And you can also go to subscribe start. And if you want to support, uh, if you want to support us with a monthly donation, that's awesome. Or if you just want to support us with a one-time little thing, you can do that now. Goodbye, Carter.